Thank you for joining us today at Our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in six different locations. We hope that today's message encourages and empowers you on your spiritual journey and helps you grow deeper in your relationship with God. To learn more about Our Savior's Church or how you can get involved, you can visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. All right, well, if you're taking notes this morning, the title of my message is very simply, More. Can you say that with me? More. How many of y'all know with God there is more? Well, if you don't know that just yet, I'm going to show you that there is more as we go through this passage together this morning. So picking it up today in Ephesians 3, I forgot my glasses today, so I'm going to have to squint and look here. So if I teach heresy today, forgive me if I skip a word or something, but uh, my my letters are are big today. So here we go. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, beginning, Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. Here we go. For this reason, Paul says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your where? In your hearts. Through what? Through faith that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length, height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of what? Of whom? Of God. I love that language. Verse 20, here it comes. Now to him who is able to do far more, everybody say far more, far more abundantly than all that we could ask or think according to, to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And all the church said, Amen. amen. What a powerful passage, isn't this? And in it, well, Paul says that he, he does what, we'll, what, what, what we should all do. I mean, when we look at this, this is like a basic for us. This is what we should all do before we do anything else in life, before we make any big decision in life. Paul, he says here that he bowed his knees and he went where? He went low. <laughs> he went to the ground. He went low. And, and he bowed his knees because... Paul was overcome with a sense of awe and wonder and respect for who God is and for what God has done. He was in awe. And as he contemplated what God had done by bringing Jews and Gentiles together into one house, into one church, well, it brought him to his knees. And he went to his knees, I'm convinced, with a sense of awe and respect and just overcome with uh, the majesty and the power of God. And as we read this and as we go through this passage and we think about all that's probably on Paul's mind, uh, it made me think of this. If there's anything that we need in the church today, and how many of y'all know we need a lot of things, but if there's one thing that we really, really need it's this heart attitude that Paul had. Uh, and that heart attitude is one of, of, of being in awe, having a sense of awe and wonder and respect for who God is 
and for what God has done. How many of y'all know when you know who God is and you think about all that he has done that should drive you to your knees in a sense of, oh my God, you are amazing. Raise your hand if you've ever been driven to your knees before, just in awe and wonder and just over the respect for who God is. Well, I, I think this is what we need perhaps more than anything in the church today. And let, let me summarize by saying it's a recovery. It's a recovery of truly who God is. And to know that we go low to remind ourselves, don't we, that we are very small, but that God come on church, help me, is very big. We go low to remind ourselves that on our own, we are powerless, but that God is what? He is powerful, that we are the creatures and that God is the creator. We are on earth, he is in heaven, and there is nobody like our God. Can I get a better amen in midtown? We go low and it's not to remind God because God doesn't need reminders. How many of y'all know he doesn't need to be reminded? But how many of y'all know you need to be reminded? And when we go low, that's a reminder to ourselves of who we are and who God is. And we've got to keep all of that straight, don't we? Paul said that he, he bowed his knees before the Father, the true God, the one and only living God. His name is Yahweh. His son is Jesus. And, and we think of God as Father, Son, and Holy who? Holy Holy Spirit, he, but he bowed his knees before the Father, seeing God in, in this light as, as the one, he says, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives their names. The Father, everybody say Father. Father God, he's creator. He's the one who spoke 100 billion galaxies into existence. He is the one who created us. He is the one who designed us. He is the one who has the authority to name us and to tell us who we are and whose we are. So Paul is going low with this heightened sense of who God is, and he's going before, and I can't stress enough, the Father. He bows his knees in awe and respect before the Father the one from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. And I love, I love this posture that he takes before the Father. And this just reminds us, once again, that God created us. And because God created us, watch this, God has the authority to name us and to claim us. Let me say this to a very confused generation. God tells us who we are because he is the one who created us, okay? And how does that apply in like 50 directions, okay? In 50 ways, okay? Who are we? If you want to know who you are, you don't look within, you look above. You look to the God who created you in his very own image. And if you want to know who you are, go to the manual, go to the handbook, go to God, go to the word, and then just look, look at, through common sense, at who God's created you to be. Are y'all with me, Midtown? Yeah. And listen to me carefully. I'm not trying to be ugly or mean or cruel or hateful. I'm speaking the truth in love. Listen to me carefully. One of the greatest acts of rebellion is for the creature to reject his divine design. 
or to redefine his divine design. Oh, if you're taking notes, or let me say it this way, since you're taking notes, write this down. Self-definition, self-definition is the pathway to self-destruction. Why? Because when we self-define, we become misaligned with who God has created us to be. Does that make sense? So because of sin, we all have this. If y'all had a car that's been out of alignment before and you refused to take it in because you, you're, you're fine with just, if it's going this way, you're good. You just learn to kind of get it back on and keep it between the lines. Uh, well, well, by nature, by nature, we, we're like this. We are misaligned because of sin. We want to go this way. God's saying, no, go this way. We're pulling this way. And how many of y'all know, if you allow the, the, the trajectory of your sinful nature to take over, and if you were to define yourself, and you were to define life according to the way you see it, the Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end leads to death. Let me contemporize that. There's a way that seems right and straight to you that in the end, if you follow that course, will land you in the ditch in destruction. Hello. So the best thing we can do is get in alignment with who God says we are, obey that, submit to that, and give God glory for that because he does not make mistakes. God knows what he's doing. But self-definition is the pathway to self-destruction. Because when we self-define, we become misaligned and everything else ugly follows. Amen? Amen. He's our Father. Lord, you tell me who I am through your word. You tell me who I am through other people who are submitted to your word. Father, Father, I go low to acknowledge that you're high in your ways and your thoughts. Aren't they higher, y'all? They're higher. We're stuck down here with these low, was it Garth that said he had friends in low places? How many of y'all know we got some thoughts in low places? We're, we're down here and God's way up here saying, hey, your thoughts are low, mine are high. But here's the thing. If we submit to him, our low thoughts can become high thoughts as we submit to him. And we don't have to stay low. Come on, y'all, we can go high. And we can, by God's word and through his spirit, fulfill the call of God on our lives as we stay the narrow course on the road to life submitted to his will. Can I get a better amen? Because that's what the Bible teaches from the beginning to the end. Okay. Enough of that for now. <laughs> Paul says, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Let me ask you a question. What have you prayed for recently? What have you prayed for recently? I, I have a list of things I can tell you I've been praying for. But here, here are some of the things I think we all pray for. We pray for safety. We pray for security. We pray for satisfaction in life. Amen. Amen. Y'all pray for the, those things? We, we pray, I do, I do, for provision, protection, and, and peace. Amen? Amen. Y'all pray for those things? Which are all great to pray for. Every single one of those categories, excellent. Do it. Keep praying. But here in this passage, Paul prays that the Father would give the Ephesians something that, let's be honest, we all need. What is that? He prayed that God would give them strength. Come on, be honest this morning. Raise your hand if you sometimes feel like you are totally out of strength. Yeah. Raise your hand if you feel like 
There are some days you don't know how you're going to get up and go on, not because your body's necessarily that tired, but just mentally you're like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Well, I, we all get there. Maybe you're not at that point here today, but, but we get to those points, don't we? I've been there. I, I've gotten up in the morning and I'm like, God, I have no clue how this is going to work out. Have you all had those moments? Like, you're like, I have no idea how this is going to work out. The problem is so big. The pressure is so great. I've gotten up before, and I'm like, this is the, this is the end. <laughs> have you ever thought that? I've thought, like, this is it, Jesus. Just take me. You know, sometimes it's easier, Jesus, just take me. Well, how many of y'all know, Jesus is not going to take you. He's going to keep you until he's done with you, <laughs> right? You know, we're, we're worried about being raptured, and, I, and thank God a day's coming. The sky's going to split. Christ's going to come down. Dead will be raised. We're going to heaven. Thank God for that. But Jesus prays in John 17, Father, I do not pray that you take them out of the world, but that, that you keep them from the evil one. Have y'all have read that from Jesus in John 17? That you keep them. God's, God, God's heart for us, yes, one day is to rapture us and to take us to heaven. That's his ultimate aim. Yes, that's true. But, but Jesus prayed, Father, Father, keep them. And then those moments when you, you wonder, Lord, am I going to make it through? Am I going to get by? My strength is so low. Maybe even today you feel like you're on empty and you don't know how you are going to make it. Well, Paul prayed that the Ephesians, and by extension us, this involves us today, that they would be strengthened. And my prayer for you this morning, no matter where you are and what you're facing, right now as you sit and look at me, is that you would be strengthened from this side all the way that you, if you are feeling powerless that today you would leave energized and empowered by the Spirit of God. Paul prayed that they would be strengthened. He says this in verse 16. Put it up here so I can see it better. <laughs> that according to the riches of his glory, Look at this. He may grant you to be strengthened with what? We'll say it again. Power through his spirit. through his spirit in your in your inner being. That's powerful right there y'all. We we look to all these external things to strengthen us, don't we? We look to external things, and there, there's yeah, some truth to that. Uh, I work out regularly because I want to be strong. I eat food because I want to feel strong. I get counsel because I want strong, solid advice and wisdom. I, I, I draw innocent strength from things outside of me. But, but in, in this passage, that's not Paul's concern. His concern is not that we get counseling, though everybody needs counseling in this place. You say, Pastor Scott. <laughs> You think so badly. I mean, no, no, no. Every single person needs counseling. But Paul's not dealing with that. He's not, he's not pushing the Ephesians to get that. He's not looking for them to, to, to search for something outside of them. He's pointing out the very thing that lives within them to give them strength, keywords, in their inner being. And what is that? Well, according to Paul... He prays that they will be strengthened with power through God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. This is just inconceivable, isn't it? The God who cannot be contained by the highest heavens somehow mysteriously lives in you and me. 
Is it, I mean, that's just, what do you do with that? If you explain it, then you'll you run into all kinds of contradictions. You don't have to solve the mystery. How many of y'all know we just state and thank God for the mystery? That he li God lives in us. Did you know that you have power in you if you're a believer? Stronger than the strongest nuclear reactor, the strongest nuclear power on planet Earth. You have power greater than any force on the Earth living in you right now. And the tragedy is that very few of us by, if you look at how many of us there are who know this, we, we don't tap into the very power that God has placed within us. And there are people who say, well, it's all passed away. You know, that was for the first century. And I'm like, what? How many of y'all know we're fighting the same devil today that they fought then? Same sin today, just different hairstyles and different hairdos and different perversions and different looks, but at the end of the day, same, same rebellion. If they needed power then, how many of y'all know we need power today? If it was available then, how many of y'all know it's a, he's available today? And the great thing about God's power in you now is that wherever you go, he goes. And in situations that you, you find yourself in, you find yourself afraid, but here's a news flash for some of you, he's not. You find that you and your flesh are feeling weak, I promise you the God who spoke 100 billion galaxies into existence is not. You're afraid, he's not. You're weak, he's not. You're timid, I promise you your God is not timid. And your God lives in you and me today. So we get up, don't we? No matter what life throws at us, no matter what hell throws at us, no matter what comes our way, we have our moments, we cry, we mourn, we weep, we complain, we wash our face and we get up in the power of God and we stand as not just conquerors, but more than conquerors through him who loved us. Am I preaching to the right people today? Greater than nuclear power. The Spirit of God lives in you. And in me. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you and me. <laughs> what? How, uh, explain that. I can't. It just does, <laughs> right? I mean, it's like we, we want to explain everything, and I get it. Like, that's where my mind goes. And then with some things with God, you do your best to explain, and then one wrong word, you fall into heresy and off the cliff, right? And there's some things you can't explain, you just embrace. And because God says it, come on, church, that settles it. Right. <laughs> it's, just, it's just that easy. Okay. All right. This takes place according to the riches. Look at the language here. The riches, say it with me. The riches, not poverty, but the riches of his glory. Your God is not living in poverty. There is no poverty in the eternal God of all creation. You run out of resources, he never does. You run out, he never runs out. So you have this endless supply in God 
for everything you need and everything you'll face. And not just what you need, but far more abundantly than you could ever ask or imagine. All right, what's the strength for? I've been talking about strength and power. We can apply this broadly, but let's, let's stay in the text. What is the strength for? Are you wondering? Listen to what Paul goes on to pray. Thank you, yeah. In verses 17 through 19, listen to, listen to the language. This is powerful stuff. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through what? Faith. Through faith. You see that? I, I mean, it's a faith thing. We walk by faith, not by through faith, that you, check this out, y'all, that you, let's make it inclusive, to, to the Gentiles then, the, the, the Ephesians then, but, but us, that you being rooted, everybody say rooted, rooted. and grounded in, in what? In love. Keep going. No, yeah, there you are. May have the what? The strength to what? With all the saints, what is the breadth and length, height, and depth, depth, and, and to know, well, of this, to know the love of Christ that, look at this, this seems like a contradiction, to know the love of Christ that surpasses what? <laughs> like, thanks, Paul. Like, know something that can't be known, but let's go with it. To know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, meaning human knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Oh, that's powerful. He's saying, I want you to know the width, the length, the height, the depth, the dimensions of God's love and his power. Everybody say dimensions. dimensions. What is he talking about here? Well, contextually, I'm convinced Paul is talking about the fact that, well, the Gentiles that he's writing to who had become believers, he said back in chapter two, if you remember weeks ago, that they, the, the Gentiles, they were far where? They were far away, weren't they? You remember that? They were aliens, they were strangers, they were foreigners, they, they were far away, like get out your measuring stick, like they were far away from God, spiritually. They, they were far away because they didn't know God, they didn't have the promises of God, they didn't have access in the way the Jews did to God, they're far away, but, but Jesus came from heaven to the earth from a long way away, didn't he? To the earth, and Jesus died for both Jew and Gentile. He died for those who were close, so to speak, and he died for those who were far away. And his love and his power are so great that if you were to stretch out the measuring line and say the Gentiles are too far away, Paul said, no, 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 not too far away, because yes, they're far away, but God's love is wider, longer, higher, and deeper than anybody can imagine. And even those nasty Gentiles that some people thought no one could reach, God has reached by his power and by his love. So stretch it out, wide and long, high and deep. Go as far in every direction as you want. No matter how far down you are today, God's love can reach you. No matter how far away you are, God's love can reach you. No matter how, how powerless you feel today, his love cannot, his power cannot be measured. We're talking about the dimensions of God's love and his power. Wide, long, high, deep, greater than anybody's mind could conceive of. 
And he's saying, I want you, Ephesians, to have the strength to comprehend this. So it's not just power to get up in the day and face the day. It's that. But it's power to get up and face the day because you know that God is this way. <laughs> so it's not like this just like, like B12 spiritual shot just whoop, comes on you. It's that you get a revelation that you get a comprehension, at least increasingly so, of how big your God is. Some of you, you've been, you've been counting the dimensions, looking at the dimensions of your problems, and you're overcome by your problems. Instead, according to Paul, you should be praying for the power to comprehend the dimensions of God's power and love in your life. You're stretching out. Oh, boy, it's a big, ooh, got your tape. Look how big this problem is. Look how big this sickness is. You get your, your, your measuring stick. Look how wide and long, look how high this, look how tall this giant is. And Paul's like, don't you understand the width, the length, the height, the depth of God and who he is and what he's done, his love and his power? Go ahead, stretch out, measure whatever's in front of you, and I promise you, your God is bigger. Stop counting the dimensions of your problems. Stop counting that and start counting on the God who supersedes every giant you will ever face. Think about that. Comprehend it if you can. You can't, but you can. You can't, but you can't. You know, it's like Paul's like, I, I want you to know this. You can't know it, but I want you to know it. In other words, grow. Just grow. I think that's what he's saying. Isn't that what we're doing together? I'm growing with you. Boy, that's fun. Pastor Scott, I mean, I get so many you know, messages and people ask me all kinds of questions and I, I, feel, I feel equipped to answer just about every one of the, the, the questions, not perfectly, but sufficiently. And when I run out, I run out. I'm like, okay, I'm, I've run out like I did earlier. Let me just, let's state the mystery. Let's fall down to our knees and rejoice. And after studying the Bible for over two decades, I... I feel like I know a lot, but I'm in this thing with y'all. We're growing together. We're on a journey together. And my prayer is not just that y'all, my prayer is that we, together, all the saints, would have power to grasp the width, length, height, and depth of God's love. And as we do that together, we begin to have new thoughts about God. We begin to live a new life for God. We, we together see God in this light. And as we do, we will see God do great things in our midst because we see him this way. Jews and Gentiles coming together in one body? Who would have ever thought God, black and white coming together in one church, who would have ever thought, God, you and me, I mean, we're all over the place, aren't we, in, our, in who we like, in terms of football teams, and well, let me take that back. I'm not going to go there. We're a lot, there's a lot of diversity in here. We have different preferences. We have different likes and tastes. But the one that we cherish above all, his name is Jesus. And he brings us together. And we lay aside our preferences 
as we walk through the door, as we come together to worship him. And I still have my preferences, but I don't let my preferences divide me from you and you from me in terms of things I prefer in life. But here we are, brought together from every different, every kind of walk of life. Who could do that? Only God. And see, that's just how great God's love is. His love reached you in your despair. You thought, oh, I'm, I've hit rock bottom. I've hit the bottom. I can't go any deeper. Thank God his love reached you in that dark place. We can't fully grasp it. But Paul gives us a picture of it so we can better comprehend it. Let's start to wrap up with this. Paul concludes with a huge truth in verse 20. We're going to end in verse 21. And here, here's what he says in verse 20. Please receive this. Y'all know my name is Scott and I'm your friend. Paul says, now to who? Who? Him. Who, who's the him? Who is what? Able. Is he able? Paul says he is. To do far more Say it with me. Come on, y'all talk to me. Far more what? Abundantly. What strong language, huh? Than all that we could ask or think according to the power at work within us. Let's be honest. A lot of us here, we have our nice, neat, little Americanized box that we place God in. And you've counted the dimensions. You've, you've, you've numbered the dimensions. God's this big in your mind. He can do this and perhaps this only. And maybe you haven't said that out of your mouth, but by the way that you live, he's in this box, this Americanized perhaps Cajunized box that's formed in fashion based on your experience, more on your experience than actually the Word of God. Based more on what you've, you've seen and what you've heard from outside sources rather than going to the source itself, which is the Word of God. My name is Scott and I'm your friend. But we do have our boxes. You maybe never thought of it that way, but God is in this box. He's this way, not that way. He can do this, not that. We, we have our boxes. And we draw out the dimensions of who God is and what God can do the best way we can. But let's be honest. Some of us, and I, I'm not talking about anybody in particular. I'm just preaching to y'all. Let this land where it lands. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Some of us have a pitiful God that is confined to what your human mind can comprehend. You have a, perhaps, pitiful God that has been reduced to what you can think, what you can ask for. It's, it's here. But Paul will have none of it. 
Because Paul's God is not a pitiful God. Paul's God is a powerful God. And he wants the Ephesians to know in increasing measure just how big and powerful this God is. And so he writes to them and and he, he, he prays that they would have the strength to comprehend just how big God is and what God can do. Because see, there were some Jews at the time who, who, who thought of God as a mighty savior, but their, their thought of God and what he could do <clears throat> wasn't big enough to include Gentiles in that plan as well. So if you're, you're a Jew, you circle, you draw your circle, lay out the dimensions of who God is and what he can do. He's, he saved us. But in many people's minds, it was just them and there was no room in the house for any of them. But then Jesus came from heaven to the earth, speaking of height, depth, thinking of uh, a journey from a long way away, came from heaven to the earth, died for Jew and Gentile, and just, just destroyed the paradigm, blew their minds, broke the paradigm, and showed that God and his saving power was bigger and greater than what anybody could even conceive of. I love that about God. We have our thought, we have our idea, And then God's like, and he loves us. Maybe he says something like, good start. (laughs) How many of y'all know? You got to start somewhere. But let's be honest. Some of our thoughts of God are like a flat tire. I had this image when I wrote this message of just a flat tire. Deflated, depleted, and defeated. And that's why we need the power of the Spirit to inflate and increase and widen and lengthen and deepen our thoughts of who God is and what he is able to do. So why do you need to come to church? I can give you 50 reasons. Let me give you one, because I'm gonna preach in such a way to inflate and to increase and to widen and to deepen your thoughts of God so that when you leave this place, the dimensions of who he is is greater than the dimensions of what you're facing. And you can do that on your own time. But we, as a body, we are going to serve the Lord and I'm going to proclaim a big God, the God who's big enough to save me and rescue me, Jews, Gentiles, people from every walk of life. Come on, y'all. Our God is not pitiful. He's powerful. And I will die believing that. I will give my life and have given my life for that truth. It is my job as your shepherd to preach a big God, not a pitiful God, not a God who needs your help. We need his. So go ahead. Think about who God is. Think about what he can do in your life. Take it to the limit. Max it out in your own thinking. Right now, go ahead. What do you need him to do? Paul said he's able to do far abundantly more. <laughs> Boy, that's good news, isn't it? How many of y'all been in those seasons where you just squeaked out just a little bitty prayer because you had such little faith? Hey, thank God that if you don't know what to ask for or if your prayer is small, thank God that he is the God of more. 
He's the God who's able to do far, who's able to do far more abundantly than you could think or ask. So if you got a little prayer, you got a little thought of God, thank God he can do more. But, but, come on, big faith people, I want you to think of all God can do in your life. Take it to the limit. Max it out. Take it as far as you can for the God who can do the impossible. And then know this, that he's still able to do more than you can think. Not just more, but far more abundantly than you can think. I'm about to lose my voice. <laughs> Are y'all with me? Max it out. Take it to the limit, baby. And say, that's what I got. And God's like, if you did it by faith, that's a good start. You know, you got a bucket. You got the bucket. You think it's the biggest one you can find. I promise God's got an even bigger one. You say I'm out of options. God's not. Thank you, Mr. Walter. <laughs> Am I preaching to the right bunch today? <laughs> well, I thought God would come through for me. You thought. And maybe that's the problem. You thought. And you thought according to your thoughts. But according to Paul, he's able to do, God's able to do far more abundantly than what you think. Well, I didn't, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed it didn't come through the way I thought. Yeah, because his, his thoughts are higher than yours and mine. Every time he knows the, the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what's still to come, his purpose will stand when God moves and God slams his hand on the table and decrees a thing to be done. There's not a person on this planet that can stop him. No purpose, no plan, no man, no army, no general, no king, no president, no prime minister. No one can stand against the God that you serve who lives inside of you. So what are you worried about? What are you worried about? God lives in you, the God of all creation, man. Come on, he's the God who brings the sun up. He's the God who stretched out the farthest reaches of the galaxy. Why are you afraid? Why are you, why are you stuck on your thoughts when you have his? Why? See, we need this so badly. I do. We need this so badly. Dietrich von Hildebrand said this in a book. It's so, so good. The Art of the Living said this. Follow it. Our hope that, our hope that is grounded in our hope in a God who lives, notice this, lives and sees. The God who has revealed himself in Christ. Your hope that your marriage can be restored. Your hope that the breakthrough will take place. Your hope that, stretch out a line, almost drew one of the notes, just a line, you fill in whatever it is. Your, your hope that, isn't it? 
grounded in your hope in, let me add here, in the God who robbed the grave. In the God who spoke the universe into existence. Place your need in this sentence and confess it with me, not out loud, but to yourself. My hope that, think about what it is right now. My hope that, my hope that, my hope that this is gonna happen. My hope that this is gonna take place. My hope that is grounded in, in the God who lives and sees. And as we conclude, it's according to the power <laughs> at work, where? Within us, greater than nuclear power living in you. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Maybe your idea of who God is. Let's do some dimensional work. Let's go high. Was here when you came in. My prayer today is that just go up a notch or a hundred. <laughs> Faith comes by hearing and hearing you know what turned me on to God back in August of 2000? I heard a man get up and preach the word like he believed it. Because I grew up around people, not, not all of them, but many of them, it was just the right thing to say. There's something about when the word of God is proclaimed and the spirit of God is activated, the merger at the intersection of the word and the spirit is power and revelation. And I have been living off that revelation that has also been growing over two decades since I heard it the first time. And I want you to leave today. My prayer is that you will leave today not with a pitiful God, but with a powerful God in your thinking and that, that your knowledge of him will blossom and increase and balloon and augment and, and forever continue to grow until we see our God face to face. And then when we see him, we'll know face to face that he's even bigger than our minds could conceive of. Does that make sense? And Paul says to him, verse 21, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever in the church said amen father thank you thank you let's lift our hands right now father thank you thank you for your word I do pray what Paul prayed for each of us here and I pray Holy Spirit you would do what we've asked of you today May we leave today with a bigger view of who you are. We repent of our thoughts and we ask you to take us higher into yours.